Welcome back to last episode of the year for the Carlton Wrap and, you know, one of those episodes that comes out of nowhere. Joined again by the same crew as last time. Seems to do very well views-wise, which we always love. And I'm joined by three out of the four that were here last time. First one, uh, my the, the, the real host of this show, Ari Stamatikos. You know, I will butcher your name. Ari Stamatikos, whatever you want to be called. How, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, David. I'm good. Um, it's good to, it's good to, um, good to finally record something that I rejuvenated and I re- revitalized. So that's no, good. I just don't want to speak about what we're going to speak about, but I guess we have to, because that's what we're doing, putting ourselves through torture. It's good fun. Yeah, again, uh, I've got also. I mean, it's on the left of my screen. Kira, welcome back. How are you? How have you been? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been all right. Um, AFLW currently killing me, but that's all right. Soon the review of the Carlton AFL men is going to kill me too. So this will be fun. But no, I'm glad to be back and excited to put the year to rest and look forward. And the last one, Tori, welcome back. You haven't got your sidekick jazz with you, but you're back she this time. Me. She ditched me today, which is fine. But anyways, I'm good. I'm great. Thanks for asking. So obviously no jazz this time. Pretty sad. She racks in the views for us. So a bit disappointed that she hasn't turned up today. But what a, uh, what a shame! What a shame! I mean, yeah, Ari's you know not very happy about it. Get but uh, you know, not happy. I'm here. Well, let's get so it should Tori's here. Thank you very much. There we go. <laughs> well, let's let's go into it. Let's move straight into it. Uh, how did we feel about just the AFL finals in general? Geelong winning it. Ah. Uh, you go, Harry. No, I was going to say, I know you're very happy about that, Nathan. Just... Right, let's not talk about that. Let's, I'm asking um, for your opinion. Yeah, um, it's not Collingwood, so I'm over the moon. Not Collingwood or Richmond, so happy as Larry over here. Uh, yeah. The grand final was boring, but other than that, the final series was unreal. I, my dad's Collingwood, so I went to quite a few of the finals. I went to Collingwood, Sydney, which was unreal. I think that had a, more of a grand final atmosphere during the actual game than the grand final did. So I thought the final series was really exciting. I wish we were in it, but I think it also kind of showed me how we're probably a little bit off the mark in the second week of finals. We probably weren't up to that standard just yet, but it was a really good series. Just wish we were there. Sorry. No, I'm the same. Same thing. Final series was good. Grand final was boring. Um, Again, I don't think we're ready or we weren't ready for that finals. I think we would have gone out first round. Um, Yeah. Well, look, it was, I don't know if this, I don't know if you guys felt the same. It it, it hurt a bit more watching these finals, knowing we probably could have taken it up to a couple of these teams. Whether we would have gone far is, you know, we'll never know, but it's disappointing nonetheless. And Look, boring grand final. Can't say I'm too happy with the team who won it, but it's, that's fine. You know what? We'll move on and it'll be ours next year. But let's move straight straight to the blue stuff. I want to take everyone's mind back to pre-season. Pretty much before the... I'd say even like the St Kilda practice match. What was everyone's expectations? Uh, I'll start. I thought ninth or 10th would be good as long as they put in a really good shift. I didn't think that, assuming they'd go eight and two, I was thinking that, that they'd sort of have an up and down, win-loss, win-loss, but they were showing very good signs. So I guess I was sort of right, sort of wrong. What was, I'll pass over to you, Kira, what were your expectations? I didn't so much have a ladder expectation. Mine was more so I just wanted to go to every game thinking we had a shot to win. Um, normally I go to every game thinking we're going to lose, but this year I genuinely went into every round thinking we were a shot to win and if we put our best foot forward we could take it up to any team in the competition so I think my expectations were met but same as you after we went eight and two I think everything changed a little bit. Sorry. Um, I had no expectations going into this season none zero didn't think anything was going to happen like just new coach new coaching staff everything everything was new I just thought give it a go, we'll see, but I, I didn't have any expectations, personally. If anything, we did better than what we thought. I probably thought we were going to do, that's all. Sorry. 
I don't even know. I can't even remember. It seems like it was four years ago, to be honest, based on what we based on what this season was. But um, I just wanted to enjoy going to the footy. Like that's I think I think I didn't really have an expectation ladder wise. I thought, okay, if we if we if we don't at least give finals a red hot crack, I'll be disappointed. And we did more than that. Um, so it was pretty good in that in that respect. But um. I think a lot of I think this season I'm sure we'll touch on it. Uh, I think this season has like changed the expectations. I feel like the expectations that were during this preseason changed so much to when they were around ten. But um, yeah, preseason I was like give finals a red hot crack. I think I had us finishing sixth. That was more hopeful than anything. But um, nah, it was just I want to watch enjoy footy again. That was my main my main thought process. Well, we did at least start to see. I don't think there was really any game where we were completely out of it. The one I can only really think of is the Geelong game where we were probably dominated 75% of that game. Let's uh, let's talk about the first half. It felt like that season was split into like two halves of rounds 1 to 10 and then rounds 11 to 23. It's quite weird. Like when we look back at footage from round 1, 2, 3, like it doesn't seem like it was this year it feels like it was i don't know it feels like it was a long time ago i mean we started to see the midfield really get on top and that sort of plan a of a game plan of winning winning the center clearances and dominating from there we had charlie and harry back for the first time until harry got injured in like round seven but it, it just seemed like everything was clicking much quicker than we expected I'll pass to Kira and I'll ask, I mean, what were you thinking after probably around that sort of, you know, halfway point? Were you expecting it to continue? Favourite moments from that period? Or were there any signs that you were like probably unsustainable? Oh, I think you could probably see that there were parts of our game plan that were unsustainable. We were only winning kind of in the midfield and it was a 20-minute probably block that we were winning games in where we just absolutely went bananas um, and turned on a bit of a blitz. So you could probably see that there were elements of, you know, parts of our game plan being unsustainable. But I think, you know, I definitely didn't expect the second half of the season to go the way it was. I very clearly remember watching fan cams. I can't remember when it was, but someone said, and I also don't know who it was, someone said something would have to go terribly wrong for us not to make finals now and I remember I wrote it on my desk like it's written on my desk because I just wanted it there to remind me that something could still go terribly wrong and it did but I think um yeah I didn't think we were gonna not make finals but it is what it is same to you Tori um no I agree same thing um we weren't performing for four quarters although we were winning the effort was there in one, maybe two, but we weren't. There was always something that was still missing or wasn't sticking. So until you can really put a side away and win playing a four-quarter game, um, there was always that risk. But I, I agree with what Kira said. Well, I felt like the Collingwood game was that that first game where it felt like everything was going a bit rocky. We didn't really dominate that game at all, and that. Like, as much as the scoreline was four points, we should have probably lost by more in hindsight. Collingwood let us back in right at the end, but stored, sort of, you know, alarm bells were just in the distance. It felt like it could go south if things didn't turn around. But then we moved into the second half of the season, picked up Sam Durden from the mid-season draft as a recovery for Jacob Weider and what did he do? He got injured in like the first game, didn't he? So was that like that was such our luck. Anyone can add to a to it's a it's a good it's a good microcosm of the season, I think. I think it's great. Just adds to it. Just adds to every, just adds to just adds just it's like it's just more ingredients to whatever the fuck this season was. I feel like they use it as an excuse, but is there an excuse? Because I feel like we actually played better with all the injuries than once we got them all back. Yeah. Well, that, that period where what? No no Harry, no Pitto, even no Weathering um, was okay. It wasn't great, but it was still pretty good. I, I, I like that 
that what North Adelaide Giants Sydney the four game run. I'm not sure the extent of our injuries at that point. I know Peter was definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, it was that was scintillating, and we still had some pretty big outs. So it was a story of what if. We had such a good win over Sydney, and then they played the grand final. Obviously, got smashed in the grand final, but that well, I was sitting at the grand final just watching, thinking we absolutely smashed Sydney in that one quarter. Charlie was, you know, doing what Charlie does. Marvel Stadium's roof was gonna fly off, and then they were playing in the grand final. So it is, it's an interesting game. And on that Collingwood game, just going back a little bit, I fully thought Jack kicked that goal. And I was like jumping up and down. And then my dad was like, it didn't go through. <laughs> the the emotional fall from thinking that was a goal was was big. Well, in terms of like the injuries, and maybe this is an opinion someone can back me up on, but I think going forward, we might be one of the best teams in terms of being able to play with our key players. Because... You look at teams like Melbourne, and I think they had, remember a VFL call, they only had, this was like around 20, they had four injuries across both AFL and VFL programs, which is like nothing. And I'm sure that, and I don't know who those four players were, but realistically, it's not probably, I don't think it was anyone significant. Does anyone agree that we probably have the best ability to play with anyone at any given time going into next year? Yeah. I agree. I think we, we've done it. So, and also, and also, our system isn't. I mean, what we saw. Granted, it is midfield heavy, but it's almost like it's almost like types of players rather than the players themselves, in a sense. So you need like, yeah. In the, I don't even know how to explain it, but we don't. It's not like it's Patrick Cripps and seventeen other guys anymore. Like it's an actual team. So I think and good. Good, good armies aren't reliant on individual people. They're reliant, reliant on a system, and we saw that every single time we had injuries, we managed to maintain a decent level of performance. I think, I, I do think it was one too many. I think that I think maybe not in terms of injuries, but I think it just took a toll in terms of the continuity just broke towards the back end of the season with like no Kennedy, what was it? No Kennedy, Walsh, and. Um, Hewitt in the in the last game especially yeah, so um that just broke them I think that was just that was one too many soldiers I think I could not agree more and I think it's the same in Voss's messaging to everyone like you're not trying to break into the twenty two you're trying to break into the one or two spots that are designed for you and the way you play and I think that's something that I found really important throughout this year I think you could just tell that they weren't trying to break into the entire team. They were just trying to break into their line and their role, which was able to strengthen not only our AFL side, but also the VFL side, because they knew exactly what they were trying to trying to work on. Anything to add, Tori? No, I agree. I'm same as Kira again. She's on the ball. Not the same as me? No? No, well, Newman. Newman was a big part of the missing piece. All right, sorry. Well, we also got Caleb Marchbank back for a game then decided he was going to injure himself again. So. I to thank him, though, because that was the game I went to in Melbourne. So thanks for coming back so I could watch. Um, and then he disappeared again. That's Jazz's problem. How good, well, is, how, how good is it we can have a rational conversation without getting interrupted or death stared at? It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip this right then. This, this clip right now is going on Twitter. But um, yeah, yeah. let's let's move it forward. I think the game... Well, we had a really good performance against Freo and it probably calmed my nerves down a bit because I was like, okay, even with injuries, we're still able to put a good performance, you know, together, which is probably what should have happened in one of those Adelaide games, Brisbane-Melbourne. You just thought it was going to click and it sort of did in that Melbourne game, but that Freo game was probably the best just as a win. It was a great win, did what we needed to do, end the game. And, and it was one of those games where it just felt like everything we just did the week before meant absolutely nothing, and it was the St Kilda game. I mean, it just... Oh, that killed. 
And I think it's the and look, great, great work they were playing for. Carlton respects, but there's orange socks there to go because we haven't won in them. I'm pretty sure we haven't won in them yet. It's been like seven years. Yeah, we and haven't. haven't won a single game in the yeah. orange socks. Oh, and seven. So like, love, love the, love the cause, but just at least. Since let's when socks make a difference of how you play footy? Well, apparently it's they mental. do. So mental. 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 Is it like throwing them off when they're kicking the ball or they can see it like it gets in their vision and they're running? <laughs> Just try to work. Maybe change the colour. That... Maybe change the colour. Maybe it's the colour. Make it like red or something. I don't know. What is the difference between red and green? I don't know. It clearly <laughs> isn't working. Obviously, wouldn't red make the least game. sense when you're talking about cult and respects and domestic violence? Red's probably not the color you want Actually, to use. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Maybe green, but <laughs> anyway, let's move forward from that. Well, I don't know. We have to stick on the same Kilda game, actually. But uh, yeah. we made a team that w- looked very ordinary the two weeks before. They got smacked by Sydney and lost to someone else. I can't remember. Was that like everyone's game where they were like, yep. Yeah, this could definitely go bad if it's not fixed. Um, no, I don't think so because I was still living in La La Land of the Freo game and the happiness of round one still. Um, and I thought it was probably just a dip in the road and something that was a little bit out of character for us. And I thought it was probably not a representation of what we would be moving forward. However, now in hindsight, looking back at it, I think you can definitely see the alarm bells. But in the moment, I didn't really think anything of it. Oh, I know I know I know the term danger game is overused, but that was a game where I was like, if we're gonna drop one, if we're gonna drop one, it was such a uh, such a calm thing to do. Such a calm thing to do. And it, it, it it was almost like there were either two scenarios in my head going into that game was we either lose it, like St Kilda don't win it, we lose it, which is what happened. I think we kicked I think we kicked one goal six in the third quarter, like Jesus, fire out. Um or or we completely obliterate them and it's like a statement like nah, we've changed. Like we win by 30, 40 points and like it's a completely like a line in the sand type game. Obviously we weren't ready to draw the line in the sand just yet and it was the former which happened, which which was probably the more likely scenario out of the two in all fairness. But um yes, still equally as frustrating as what whatever my expectation would have been at the start of the game regardless. Sorry. Um yeah, danger game. That was definitely what it was. They had come off two pretty big losses and you don't win that it's not looking good on our end that we can't pull off something um i actually don't think we played that bad we just could not hit the scoreboard well we could just by points and not goals so yeah so if they kick straight game over we we won that game end of story it was i don't know i thought we played pretty ordinary despite our kicking i just thought in terms of our ability to shut down what St Kilda wanted to do, I thought it was pretty disappointing at times. I didn't think they were that complex to shut down and didn't really seem to get a hang of what we were meant to be doing. But that was that was the start. And then we went to Perth, we got weedering back. So it was a you know, good boost. And then we, well, we looked like we were going to give West Coast a great game as we tend to do against these bottom teams. But then we just sort of blew them away in that second half, uh, which was great. I, did, I swear we don't win by a lot of uh, a big margin. So it was just, it, it's weird to like sit back and relax. Not be stressed. Yeah, like it's it, that, you know what, if anything good was to come out of this year, it's that they actually are starting to build on that ability to put margins on. But then as um, Ari needed to mention in the last podcast that off, they'd beaten Hawthorne by a couple more goals or pulled by a couple more goals and be playing finals. So Yeah, well, 0.6%. I'm still traumatised by that comment. Well, oh, okay, it's... one goal six against St Kilda. Well, the three goals three, we're playing finals. Ari, shut up. <laughs> I'm just getting Don't. over it. No, even two goals, two Look, goals I... four probably will be playing, but anyway. Look, I'll be honest, I was one that my dad did make that comment of our percentage will be big coming in the season. I was like, nah. No, I won't. Like, we'll, we'll, it won't. Like, 
like that. Oh well, yes, that's where we are. A percentage means crap if you're winning games. Ask Collingwood. True. Yeah, well, that is true. That Good is point. very true. Thank you. And then we went. We went to the Geelong game, and yeah, that was the. Uh, we didn't play bad. Geelong just played extremely well and just killed us. I don't like. And that's what a lot of teams sort of had to struggle with against Geelong. Just never were able to find any good run of form. Although the Saints beat Geelong, and that was Geelong's last loss against St Kilda. So maybe we did get beaten by a, a better team, a really decent team on that night. You never know. A better team. Um, and then last win. So that is. That's very hard to take. And if anyone does, anyone remember when that GWS game was? I can't remember that game. The second one. That we, was that we yeah, the second one. I mean, that that was our last win. It I can't. I can't remember that ages. game. Like me neither. Like I remember I, it. I, I, all I remember is obviously Sard and Green's mark. Oh yeah, I swear, Cottrell kicked two goals. That was it. Yeah, and uh, and also Lockie Plowman had eighteen touches and went like at a hundred percent efficiency. So (laughs) that's something I remember from that game. Surprised he didn't poll votes in the BNF for that game, but here's what it is. He didn't. He didn't poll. Yeah, it's travesty. Travesty. I think he does alright in the BNF. Finished third one, yeah. So. Who who got more votes, Plowman or Marchbank? Marchbank. He only played three Marshbank. games. <laughs> Where's Marshbank's podium finish? Where's Marshbank's podium finish? <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. No, Look, my favourite podium is going to go to Essendon, so I shouldn't be talking games. about it. Yeah, well, I don't care. Don't be injured. How many games does Bowman play? More than three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can stay on the park. Anyway, it's getting sidetracked. <laughs> Let's get back to that Giants game. Okay, so we're, this is our scenario. We've got four games and one win. Were we was was anyone actually confident we would do it, or was I just like yeah. really pessimistic and thought it was just never going to happen? I there was not a like obviously deep down inside me, I was scared that it wasn't going to happen, but there wasn't really a part of me that thought we wouldn't make finals. I was so confident. I was. Sold. Yeah, I, I was like, we haven't lost two games in a row all year. What are the chances of us losing four games in a row? That was what my I was like, we're gonna win. We're, we're gonna win one. Like, we have to win one. I, my thought process was, I don't think we'll make. Like, I wasn't sold on making finals. I was sold on us winning one game, and that obviously turned out to be enough for us to make finals. But I was like, surely. At least one. Like, yeah. But It's funny, though, because, like, upon reflection, it doesn't even feel like we lost four games in a row. Like, it feels like all the games are in their own world. Like, yeah. I, I just don't remember losing four in a row. I just remember always losing individual games. Tori. Um, I, positive Tori, back at it again, was convinced we could win every single one of them comfortably. Maybe not comfortably, but I was convinced that we had it. Adelaide should have been a lock. Um, Brisbane was tough either way because it was at the Gabba. So that one kind of panned out who I thought. Um, I didn't get to watch all of the Melbourne game and I haven't gone back and watched it, but I was like, I was out, so I couldn't, couldn't watch it. I watched the whole last quarter, though. Um, that one surprised me, but I didn't think it was going to be an impossible task either. And then... I don't talk about Collingwood. We talked about that enough last episode. Don't talk about it. It's it's irrelevant. My brain, um, Patrick Cripps, three votes, and that's it. It's only a good thing to come out of that game. It's literally it. But let's move back to the Adelaide game. Uh, I don't know. You all seem like you were confident we were going to win it. I, I don't know. I just, it's the whole Adelaide Oval thing. We never won there. 
which I just think was never a good thing to go into that type of game with, like where you're sort of expected to win it. It was probably the first time we've honestly been expected to go to Adelaide Oval and win a game because I feel like since it since games have been played there, it's like Port and Adelaide have actually been good and we've been crap. So this was the first time we'd actually played a team there that was working well on the ladder, worse than us. And, it, gave um, me, it gave me serious Bryce Gibbs retirement flashbacks. Like that game <laughs> hurt my soul and so did this one. Like it was giving me serious flashbacks. I, I wasn't worried at all. Because my my thought process was, all right, all right. You say we don't win at Adelaide Oval, but we don't beat Richmond round one. We don't, we don't beat JWS. In... Don't, oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. We don't beat JWS over there. We don't we don't beat any team by over fifty points. We did that? We did that surprisingly. So I just thought, like, it's Adelaide. Like, if if I I would I would have been more concerned if it was Port. If we played Port over there, I would have been more concerned. But I just thought, no way, like we can't lose this. And I think I said to my dad, I was like, I said to my dad, because at that point it wasn't really like it wasn't. We didn't know it was. We had to win one of four. It was just like we needed to just win a couple. Like we need to win two probably at that stage. We didn't really know. I was just like to my dad, I was like, this is going to be the last game of the season where I'm going to be calm. So I'm just going to, like, take it all in. I'm going to be really, like, I'm going to make sure I enjoy it. And, like, so I'm not going to be stressed. And I'm just going to enjoy everything. Then halfway through the first quarter, I'm thinking, here we fucking go. This is going to be a long, long Saturday night. What was your perspective, Tori, from that game? I don't remember much of it, to be honest. I I thought um, going in that we were going to win it even though we had never won there, but I like the Giants game proved that to me at Giants Stadium that that doesn't actually matter. And I think us doing a lot of things this season just made it possible. And again, positive positive supporter. Um, never say never. But yeah, yeah, I'm not happy with that one. The only thing with like the whole not being GWS over there is the thing is like, you're not really playing against any crowd over there so like I feel like being able to overcome Giant Stadium and Adelaide Oval is two quite different things. So There's not a Giants crowd there. I was loud enough to cover the whole place. I reckon if someone was sitting on the other side they could have heard me scream um, when Charlie marked that ball if you've seen the tweet in front of me. There was multiple of them. That one was a favourite. So it's a loud crowd. Don't you worry about that. Don't you worry. Well, I wish we had that type of crowd at Adelaide, but well, maybe crowd at Adelaide, I'm to not going to Adelaide next year, next season. No, just be careful. Just be careful when you're there. I don't think you'll get away with it as easy in Adelaide. Mm. Uh, but then we moved to Brisbane, which if we if we couldn't get past Adelaide, we were never getting past Brisbane. At least that's what it sort of seemed. And was this the week where Harry went on the couch, or was this the week after? Or was it the week after? I can't remember. Oh, I think it was the week, week after. Week after. Oh, I don't care. After. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it was anyways, between these games, it was a lot of that talk of we want to come out like and the whole generic, oh, that was bad. We want to improve and come out so much fiercer. And they literally did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. I, I thought it was all over at that point. I think was anyone like thinking it was all over because I just didn't think we were going to beat Melbourne and Collingwood after you lose two in a row and in pretty bad fashion as well. I I just thought we're not going to get worse than this. We can't. Like, if they get worse than this, then they shouldn't, like, watch out because Icon Park won't be there in the morning, right? I was like, we can't we can't get worse. So, the only, like, we've literally hit rock bottom what we would – 10 goals down to Brisbane, we're halfway through the third quarter, whatever it was. I was like, we're not going to, we're never going to perform worse than that, especially over over a long, over like a game. So I was like, we can we can beat Melbourne and Collingwood, no problems. I, I was still so confident that we'd make finals from that point. It was, I think, I'll, to be honest, I was confident we'd make finals probably up until quarter time of the Collingwood game. 
yeah, I was still confident that, that we wouldn't lose to Collingwood twice. So <laughs> I thought that that game would seal us. But, yeah. Um, I was, obviously, everyone was very negative, Nancy, because we were losing. But we went on that goal run. And when that was happening, I was, like, screaming at my group chat, like, we're going to win this. Don't you worry. And it was working. And it was going to happen. And I'm, like, jumping up and down. I need to control my excitement. I think that's something I need to learn to do in 2023. But laps around the kitchen, I was convinced that, okay, we're a goal or two away now. No way are we taking our foot off the pedal. And then we did. So. So. Oh, I, I, that was the most half-assed comeback I think I've... I, I didn't move. I just knew exactly what was going to happen. You know what? You need to learn to be more positive, I think. No, because I'm realistic. Have you, did you not watch the 12 weeks before? The whole that whole twelve weeks where we capitulate every single time. I just it was Brisbane are a good side. Brisbane know exactly what they what they're doing. They they didn't need to try in the last quarter and they didn't try for twenty five minutes. And the five minutes that they did try, they put on four goals. So like they're a good team. Like it, it was if we'd gotten within a goal, maybe I think we got within fifteen points with a couple of minutes to go. So I mean. If you want to, if you want the Lee Matthews theory, then yeah, we were within a shot. But like, I, I wasn't convinced at all, regardless of whatever the margin was. I just knew as soon as Brisbane wanted to try, they just turned the notch up one percent and bang four goals in five minutes. I thought that was something we could do too, considering the season. Yeah, but that was our period though. Yeah. Okay. Momentum. Yeah. Right. How did the momentum work out? You know what? It worked out pretty well because we went on a goal run. The end. And we lost by five goals. I don't, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> Nathan, take control of this, Jason. You were just the same one before. No, no, no. You were just the same one before. That's like, oh, how good is it without Jazz? No, and you're literally <laughs> the one causing shit tonight. I'm not doing anything. I'm just having a so, moment. Don't you blame the girls. Oh, what? You're going to play that card now, are we? Nathan, get this under control. Stop. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, um, so we'll move. On. We'll talk about the Melbourne game, and that's it for the season. We won't touch on the Collingwood game. But if anything, this was worse than the Col- this is way worse than the Collingwood game. The Collingwood game barely hurt me because it's like you know what? It's just that was meant to be. The Collingwood game was meant to be. Melbourne no, game it was not meant to be, be. Nathan. That no, was, was not meant to be. No, it was. It was. No. no. Um. Do you it's think- just like oh, like oh. No, because when you're four goals, four goals up at three quarter time against a team who always comes back. Yeah, I know. It was meant to be. It's just going to happen. One point. That's all I'm going to say. We said we weren't talking about the Collingwood game and the Melbourne game. I was, I was more hurt at the Collingwood game because I was completely sober and that has a bad effect on how you react to footy. That's it. Melbourne no, no. swallow. I, I, I think... If we're talking like moment, like obviously the for me the picket goal. And I've said this. I think I said this last last time we recorded. I've said this so many times. The picket goal hurt more because I knew there was four seconds left or ten seconds left. So it yeah. was like it was game over. Whereas when Elliot kicks a goal, there's ninety seconds left. Yeah. I'm thinking we're gonna have one more chance. We're gonna have one more. We're gonna have one more chance. What we make of that, whatever happens, happens. But with Pickett's goal, it was game over. Game done. done. It's over. I'd back that. Uh, that's how I felt as well. Yeah. Although the loss in twenty in round twenty three, like the siren hurt more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's just not a good time. You know, let's leave it at there for the season. The season. <laughs> We're all like mute. Just that's. Oh, it's so I felt bad. like I died. It's so bad. I was lying on the ground. Oh. If you haven't seen the photo, I was lying on the ground for an hour. I was numb. No, I couldn't hear anyone. I was numb. It didn't happen. I was kind of happy I wasn't at the ground, to be honest, because that would have tortured me for life. No offence to people that were there, but... Yeah. It's going it, it, to motivate them, though. Like, I, I couldn't see a world in where it doesn't, like, it flips on them and, like, sends them backwards, because... People who are saying that, they, like, yeah. they could take it one of two ways, and... They're just not that. They're not that type of team. Oh, I, I would say that. 
I don't know. I, I, I think I said this last time. It's the most important off-season in this club's history within the last, what, 20 years, right? Because this is the first time we've actually gone through something on, on, on field that's that could damage that could damage the team, right? I mean, you, t- you look at 2011, we lost in the semi, but we probably that was probably expected to be where we were, in a sense. So, like, it was only, like, up from there. And, I mean, even the way we started 2012 was unreal. So, in terms of on-pitch, this is the this is the first time where... Because because we were there, I think when you finish last, it's hard to... Like, because you're already broken when you're last, so you can't get broken even more. Whereas we have something here... We had something. We were there for all intents and purposes. The game goes 90 seconds shorter. We were playing finals and we reach our expectation. And then we don't. So it's just completely cut off, bang, goodbye. Like that can break a team. If it's anything to go by on how this off-season is going to be, I think Vossi and... um the president says his speech at the BNF was awesome. I think both of their speeches were really good. So if that's the way that we're, I know words are just words, but if that's the way we're going to be attacking the off season, I think we're off to a good start. Um, my comment on that is I think how we've, obviously it's a very, um, no, I can't think of the word. Like, losing could have had a very negative effect on the players, but I think as well, coming out, Crips winning the Brownlow, things like that, they're big lifters for the club as well. Like, that's our number one leader, and if he believes we can, they, they can do it, then count me in. That's a good segue onto the player performances, and just, we're not going to touch on every single player, and the, the, the main question... Every, each and everyone to give me a player that they thought performed extremely well, had a great season, or just achieved above expectation. One, you know, one or the other, and then the opposite of that, one player they were, you know, not as happy with and probably thought performed below expectation. And I will start. I'm going to put someone under. Under. I'm going to put Ari because he did this to me on the rest. So Ari, it's on you first. Um. Player like over overachieved or, I mean, I was going to say plowman for the for the joke, but I won't. Um, overachieved. I think a lot did. I think a lot did. I think it's hard. It's hard to when you when you pick someone, it's like kind of picking from a bunch of five or six. It's like no one. I don't think no one. I don't think anyone stood out above everyone else in terms of overachieving. But from from the group, um, I think Zach Fisher announced himself as being our, our game changer in a sense, playing midfield forward, getting that 20 touches, kicking two goals type player. Um, obviously, Lewis Young stood up immensely with it in the absence of Jacob Wiedering. You have like Motlop who defied all expectations. I didn't think many, I don't think anyone thought that he'd get a game um, this season just based off he's still very raw and still very... Um, Still, I know he played against adults last year in his draft year. So to see him get a game and see him play like he did, I think was very surprising. But yeah, if I had to pick, I'd say probably Zach Fisher, just because he he's a player that we've lacked for so long. We we we've lacked that impact, almost like that Shea Bolton type player who can go forward, kick two, three goals, can go on the midfield, get 20, 23 touches, and have an impact. Um, and also he's got pace, which we lack. So. Um, that's good. In terms of underperforming, I think it's pretty harsh to say. I don't think I can really pick out anyone, because um, if you if you it, it's not the David Teague system. So if you underperform, you didn't play. It's not like we we force players to play when they were underperforming. I just think I would like to I would like to have seen more out of Paddy Dow, but I guess what can you do? Kira. Uh, I'm going to say Charlie Kerno for my overachieved um, or went above my expectations. I think the narrative in the preseason was that he'll never get back to what he was. And I think he surpassed what he was. Um, I don't think anyone could have expected him or I definitely didn't to win the Coleman. So uh, Charlie for me. And then for underperform, I'm pretty similar to Ari. I think it's pretty hard to tell or say, but 
I'd probably say someone like Setters. I think he showed a lot of upside in 2021 and I got really excited for what he might have brought to the team, but he just couldn't solidify his spot um, and he had a few games where he didn't put his best foot forward. But, yeah, I think what Ari was saying, good, if you didn't perform, then you didn't play. So it's pretty straightforward. Sorry. Um, Lewis Young was mine when we drafted him. I didn't, didn't know much about him or anything um, like that. To me, he was going to be player in the twos. He might have got a game, again, with injuries, which was kind of why he came in. But he um, broke some intercept records and did some things that I think impressed us all. And um, I'm very happy he's a blue. He's doing well. Um, and below expectation, I'm the same. I don't think there's anyone that didn't lift their weight when they needed to in that sense. Obviously, injuries were the death of our season at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, Paddy Dow, Settlefield, I love them both. Um, it's just tough if they don't get a good run enough to be able to show what they can do. Um, and I, I wouldn't say overachiever because I don't, like I was expecting what he brought out and Adam Saad for me was just sensational start to finish. I surprised he didn't pull even higher in the best and fairest in the end. Uh, he was just one where I don't, think you can really pick out a game where he wasn't playing well. Um, he just played well all the time. He was never like your top player, but you always knew you'd get something out of him each time. And yeah, look, I have to unfortunately throw my man Will Setterfield under the bus or underachiever. It was just frustrating. I wish he could have got back to that 2019 form. What we saw at the end of the season in 2019, but Oh, look, it will kill me to see him in red and black next year if it does happen. I, no, I'd really love good. to see him get more opportunity, but I just... God, I don't know, who's my favourite player going to be if, if Will's gone? That's that's the question. That Clown, join me. And I don't know. Lucky player. I just can't wait to get a number 20 on my back. <laughs> I just can't wait to get weird looks every time I walk around. What do you mean? Say, but no, people just be surprised that you actually got Who walks got around a... with the number 20? Well, yeah, I'll tell you why. It's because they're all sold out because they're such high in demand. That's why. Yes. So people will be like, how do you... They're all just all sold out. How much do you have to pay to get that? That's what That's what you'll be saying. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'll back Plough, so this goes. I'll back him. But, um, yeah, that... And then, uh, one more question. Who's having a breakout in next season? I'll throw to Kira first. Uh, I'm going to say Chera. He's got his mate Acres, so he might feel a little bit more comfortable. So <laughs> I'm going to say Chera. I'm pushing in. Um, mine's Blake Acres. He's going to kill the game, kill the day. He's going to be number one. Um, Jay, yeah. Um, do we need? Uh, I, I was going to say Jack Martin, but I mean, we've been hoping that for three years, so probably not going to happen. Um, Oh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Corey Durden will will establish himself as our best small forward by a comfortable stretch. I reckon Jesse Motlop will establish himself as our best small forward. <laughs> someone, someone give Matt Owie some love for God's sake. I yeah, think Matt Owie will establish himself as the best. I'm small going. Forward. I'm just going. Mosquito Fleet, the three of them together, they've got it down pat. That would be great. There you go. Here we go. Um, so let's move on to postseason. What we've had since the season ended, and we yeah we talked about Crips Brownlow. I mean that was huge. Like I don't I actually. Tori, do you remember the Chris Judd Brownlow very well? I don't. Yeah. I, I don't I, know if us three would remember it very well. No. But I remember it very well. Um, that was great. I think you never. I don't know. You kind of just never expect a player from your team's going to get it, especially when you go for Carlton. Um, it was good. No, I was still young, guys. I'm not that much older than you, but <laughs> like, um, Chris Judd was a big part. Like, um, my family's big Chris Judd fans, so we were over the moon. But I don't like it. It doesn't compare to the way I felt when Cripper won it, because obviously I'm a lot more involved than I was when I was nine. <laughs> it was. It was a great night. I 
it never felt like he was going to win it, like, just based off sort of, I don't know. You just look at the exactly. Brownlow predictor and think, like, as well, just like, oh, yeah, he's not going to win it. See, and... say this, but I was convinced. I was convinced. I made the prediction. My prediction was correct. Cripper, I knew. I just knew. I had a sense. A sense. See, I was convinced in the last, like, I thought he was going to be flying up by a heap in the bye round and then crash. And then when he was still up there in the last three rounds, I had this terrible feeling that he was going to lose it by a vote. A vote because yeah. I'm like, that would be so Carlton for him to lose it by a vote. And when he only convinced. got one one vote in round one, I was That's like, what I was going to say, yeah. Oh, whoa. Like, I, I, almost, I almost resigned at that stage. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, P. Cripps one vote when he had 30 and kicked three. I think I was the like, Adelaide game shocked me the most, though. Once he got that, I was like, Done. No, he, for me that was a lock three votes for me. Okay, he was he was our <laughs> he was <laughs> no, he was our no he was our, he was the best on the on the day by by a country mile in my opinion. Um, but when no, but by a lot is that all I meant. Like yeah, but assume an Adelaide player. Yeah, but like if I get one sure thing. Yeah, but I'd it's Crips, so it's like who cares. Um, no, when uh, in all seriousness, when he got the one vote in round one, I was like, oh, great. they're going to do it to him again. Like, this is what they're going to do this year. Um, so I, I almost resigned at that stage. Um, I think I started to believe, I don't even know when I started to believe it would happen. I, I think maybe when when he was within, I think when he got, did he, did he get all three against Melbourne or did he get two? Two. Yeah, so I, I I don't know, but when he was when I when I saw Petrarca and Oliver were taking votes off each other, I was like, okay, he's gonna be in this now. And I knew Neil wouldn't vote, um, or Neil wouldn't poll in the last two rounds. So I was like, well, Cripper's probably got the three locked up in round twenty three. And my my worry was Took Miller. I was like, because I know I know the Suns won in their last game, I think. Um, so I was like. A heart, part of me was saying like, all right, if Took wins it, I actually be like kind of happy because I like him, and it's and it's not like a Bont or a Oliver or a Petrarca winning it. But I was like, he's a sniffier. I think with two rounds left, I was like, he's a sniffier. So, um, although I was just waiting to hear um, a chair or three votes in the last game because that's just what would have happened. Who cares about your best on ground trophy? The umpires just do what they want. But um, no, it was good. It was good. Any last thoughts from two girls on that one? No, that was great. Kira, I'm going to throw this one to you and talk about the best and fairest. You were there on the night. Um, Hi. Look, and I want to see it. Yeah. You were you were on Corey the live stream. I was there in Photoshop. I was on the live stream. The Photoshop. So, uh, that we're talking about. Don't worry. Anyway. Kira, no. I, I didn't even watch the live stream. I was just following socials because the live stream is a lot of just long waits and like I don't know just I've never been a fan of watching them like through live stream probably better to be there in person but I was you know I was upset I thought Sard would win it personally but Kira run us through that night and just tell us about it what happened anything significant really no it was a really it was a super exciting night I think it was just good to see everyone in the room Again, it was packed. There was so many people there. And it's it's just good to see the players in, like, a very natural state. Like, that sounds so weird to say, but, like, they're just so human in that instance. I mean, they're still, like, people still asking them for photos and things like that, but they're a lot more relaxed and they've got a beer in their hand and things like that. But I think a lot of people in the room that I spoke to thought Doc was going to win. I think even the players were cheering for Doc. I think I heard... A few players say that they were really um, hoping that Doc took it home. I think even Cripps' mum said that she would have been super excited if Sam won it. But um, I think, you know, Cripps trifecta. Um, but, yeah, no, it was just a super exciting night and it was good to see everyone. The vibes were high. Yeah, good night. Ari, what were your thoughts? Were you surprised with the winners or um, did you <sighs> I didn't. I, I assumed Crips would, Crips would win it. I didn't really kind of go into it with any expectations about anyone. I thought if it wasn't Crips, it'd be Doc, just based on 
on what I think the club values. I think Doc kind of uh, typifies what um, the club values in a player more than anyone else. I just think Cripps' season was too good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought Cripps would win it. If it wasn't Cripps, it'd be Doc. But I wasn't shocked when Cripps won it, no. And Tori, any last thoughts on that? Yeah, Doc was my was my vote. I think you kind of expected Cripps to take it home, but I was, yeah, I was hoping for Doc as well. The next big news that um, Tori, you were very excited about, Harry re-signing till 2030. the best news of my life. I cried. Was there was tears. I cried about four times in the span of an hour. Um, I woke up. It, this is daylight savings day, I think. That, no, I'm lying. It was the day before, uh, day after that. Not the point. It was 8.30. I woke up and I had a text message from one of the girls that just said, check Twitter, WTF, Harry Mackay just signed. And I just like instant wake up, went on my phone and I just read 20.30 and I didn't process it. I did not. I just, I froze and then I started crying and screaming. And then I was on Twitter for about five hours after that. I'd love if Will Setterfield got a seven-year contract, but, you know, wish we're thinking. Plow's yeah. got a lifetime Plow's got a lifetime contract, so that's fine. <laughs> I think the most exciting thing about Harry re-signing was, like, there was no leak of it. There was literally nothing. Like, no one even thought that there was a possibility of Tory might have a leak. There was a there was a hint I got from... Oh, the seventh... On the seventh... No, 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 not that. That too. But, um... Uh, it was a week before, though. Like, it wasn't when um, Up the Baggers on Twitter, he tweeted. Oh, yeah. Harry's nothing about it. And he messaged me the day after. He's like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't tell you more. And I just started crying again. Um, but that was the only that was the only intel we had that they kind of said, don't worry. Sources say, don't worry. So don't worry. Yeah. I always yeah, had that. No, I wasn't worried. But, but, yeah. I don't think I expected 2030. Like, in the don't worry tweet, I'm like, oh, maybe he'll get a year or two years, three years. But I think to wake up, no journalist saying he's going to sign a lengthy deal and then he's signed to 2030 like that was just, wow. And the Blues announcement, like, the media team kills it. And I say this to the day I die, they killed that one. Um, and the fact Ben was in it. like Oh, that, I, I didn't notice until you said something. And I saw it, I was in hysterics of laughter. Like, it was so good. I'm so, I'm happy the way they did it. It was great. Well, 2030, Ari tweeted, he'll be in year 12 in 2030, so. I can't wait. Maybe we would have premiership by that time. Um, the, next, the next big news, Blake Aker's in, and then a future third out. I'm going to actually kick off with the most controversial thing, and Tori, you're going to hate me, but I'm really not a huge fan of Blake Akers. You're talking to the president of the fan club. I don't know. I just, look, because I watched him, because mum St. Kilda, so I watched the, like, I, you know, watched a heap of St. Kilda games, and I watched a lot of him when he was at St. Kilda, and I just was never really a fan of him. I just never thought he brought anything special to St. Kilda. I know he improved at Freo, like, he's got better, 100%, but, like, I don't think he'll make this team much better. I just think he'll be able to fit into a role really well. And we only need to be 2% better, though, and we make finals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can, yeah, 0.6%, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I look at it like that, but, like, I'm just worried the hype may be slightly too much because, you know, players, good players don't, go around to that many clubs that often you know so i don't know i'm just not decided on him yet i think i can agree i can agree a hundred percent um that's why he needs a supporter like me you know boosting boost his ego and his abilities a little bit hard i reckon carlton themselves um like we've done with others have the ability to give someone that chance to have a breakout season and to really prove their skills and what they do at the end of the day if he's not we didn't really lose anything for him um but i think he's gonna prove you wrong we literally lost nothing because the third was jones and we'd already yeah. lost him so it's actually amazing you still got that third round pick at the end of the day because compensation so yeah uh, he's a he i think i agree with you nathan to an extent um 
a relaxed story because I agree with you as well. Um, no, I, I think he is a going to be a serviceable role player. Like he would come in, do his job, play on the wing, can float across other positions as well if needed. But does he have deficiencies? Yes, he doesn't really. He's more of a reliable. He's not like a flash. He's not like O'Brien, put it that way, in terms of like those darting kicks inside 50 and that flashy skills in a sense. He's more reliable. He's like Jack Nunes, but being 50% better at everything. So you can't really expect a whole lot from him. Don't expect him to be like top five BNF or anything. 300k a year for three years, future third. Wearing probably the 33 now that now that it rolls off the tongue. But um, no, I just think he'll be solid. I, I do think the, the hype is somewhat in jest. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people are saying he is. Um, he does does do some things with the ball which aren't great, but he, once again, he's not. We're not buying Christian Petrarca, are we? So expect some deficiencies in his game. Expect sometimes to get frustrated with him, but he'll make us however many percent better. He'll make us probably two or three wins better in terms of what he does to the structure, what he does to the the team as well. Just having an actual winger um, to maintain the, the width is good. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a serviceable player. I don't think there's anything to ride home about, but I think it's also a necessary inclusion that we needed for free as well, practically as well, which helps. Well, I mean, do we get anyone else in? I mean, Nick Austin, what the, the night of recording this, he said this morning that they were looking to put their picks on the table and try and move up the draft order. Um, I mean, personally, I don't think they should do that. I think picks 10 and 29 will do pretty well this year, just generally looking at this draft. I'll talk a bit about the draft at the end of this, but in terms of general players at the moment, is there anyone we should be looking at or is it just enough as it is? I think we're good. No, no, it's fine. No, I was just going to say, I, I think we're done. I think we're done. I think people people call for small forwards or key defenders. I think we're. I think our list is fine. Where it is? We have it. We have some depth. Um, injuries pending. Even still, like we just got really, really unlucky with injuries. If we halve our injury list, everyone's going to be saying, "Oh my god, we have so much depth." But we just got brutalized with injuries, so we're fine. Oh, fingers crossed at this. Keep the positive. Yeah. We're fine. Thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're done. I don't think they'd say, I think we're done playing mind games. So I think if they're saying we're done, we're probably done. Um, well, draft-wise, I'll give, I'll give a bit of insight that this, this draft group coming through is probably much better than what we've seen the last two years, purely because these boys have been able to play a full year of footy um, and it's definitely helped. A lot of talk, if you've heard the name Bailey Humphrey, especially through Palm. Personally, I don't like him. I don't think we should get him because he's just can't kick, cannot kick, and probably a lot of things he, he's a very, probably a big risk to take in, I think. And especially if anyone watched the last big Metro game, he got an absolute bath by Jacob Anderson, which is a dragon, so I'll, I'll pump him up on this show. But... um. Not big, not a big fan of Bailey Humphrey. Uh, Cam McKenzie, another dragon. He'd be a nice one at the club. Good winner, half-forward type. I'm not sure if he'll drop down to 10. He might go a little bit earlier. Um, and Mateus Philippou, is that how you say it? Ari Tori, the graphics, is that how you say it? Is that, is that Close it? enough. Close enough? Okay. Close enough. I, don't, I don't want to butcher that. Well, t- but, technically Cypriot, which is totally um, domain, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's he's one, again, I don't think he'll drop down as far as 10 purely because he's a South Australian boy and Port or Adelaide will look to snap him up really quickly. Uh, I'm going to pump up my Dragons boys here because I know enough about him. Ollie Hodden's another one. If uh, anyone in the audience remember his dad, Trent Hodden, he played I think 70 games for Carlton before at least uh, we were born. And he... Rose up the draft ranks a lot. A great winner. Great running ability. It'd be great. But you guys are sort of looking at me like, what are you on about? And I, yeah, look, it's, it's, yeah, it's a bit confusing. But um, go to Pong. Go to Pommy and Oz and listen to everything he has to say about draft talks. Because I know really only the Sandy boys 
he knows like everyone. I was just about to say, I don't follow the draft close enough. If I need to know something, I just go to Pom. Like, honestly, I leave that to him. Insane. It's just go. And I'm sure he's listening to this. Pom, we love your work. Go check out his channel. He's done every draft prospect that's been on the state and national combine list, which is just insane because there's quite a lot of them. And a lot of them are quite average, and he's going on and talking about them and giving them a bit of airtime, which is great on his end. So uh, we love your work, Pom. But let's leave it at that. I don't want to talk about next season predictions because we will come back with Jazz and we'll do a full 2023 preview. And there will be so much shit talked, but I can't wait for it whenever it does happen. But thank you, three, um, for joining again. It's been great to have a talk, and I think we can... Now, we'll say we will shut down Carlton Talk, but it's just going to keep going, isn't it? Like, it's, it's we, not we actually run, We run the AFL. We, we, we Carlton was trending on Twitter yesterday. Like, <laughs> Just bad. But um, it is. It doesn't stop. But thank you all for joining me. Hope everyone enjoyed listening, watching. We'll be back next year. You know what? It could be a week with him. I doubt it. But look, we'll try. This, this group's good to talk about, talk with. So... You'll see us for a preview, definitely. But until then, we will see you soon.